Welcome back to Presence and Purpose, a show all about helping you build an authentic online presence and live out your God-given purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my brand strategy business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. Now I help Christian coaches and service providers do the same. I'm here to help you attract the right clients and build a thriving online community with tangible tips, behind-the-scenes stories from women just like you, and lessons learned on all things branding, finding your people, sharing your message, and so much more. Well, today I am talking with Justina Ford. Justina is a mindset and brand strategy coach. So welcome, Justina. I am so excited to talk to you. Yes. Thank you for having me, Natalie. Yeah. to it. Yes, me too. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I would love if you could share a little bit about um, what you do, who you are, and then we'll go from there. Yes. Oh gosh. What do I do? I am a mindset and brand strategy coach. Like you said, um, I work with women of faith in particularly who are, um, you know, dealing with some level of fear or, um, inconsistency and they, they're trying to find their purpose, their calling, trying to get clarity around their messaging, all that kind of stuff. So I love holding space for women that know that they're called to more, they know that there's something more, they're calling the purpose, trying to find the, you know, the bridge between that. And it's just a beautiful thing. I practice, um, I fuse energy psychology and um, business and brand strategy together to help my clients really just meet the goals that they set for themselves. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love the way that you do that too, because I think And just like as a quick side note, like obviously you and I both do similar things in terms of like the brand strategy, but like, it's just such a perfect example of like, there can be two brand strategists. Like I've had other brand strategists on my podcast too, but we do things so differently and we bring in different like aspects, like brand strategy is still like a really big, (laughs) really big area and you can do it a whole, um, lots of different ways. So So I just think it's so cool to, to see how you do that and how you bring in, like the, like you said, like the energy psychology, um, into that. It's just something that's really unique. Mm -hmm. Um, well today, so we are going to be talking about fear of success today. Um, and I have a ton of notes here. Um, and so I would love if we could just dive into this, um, because, Oh, fear of success. (laughs) I remember hearing that term for the first time and totally brushing it off because I was like, I'm not scared of success. That's ridiculous. Why would I be scared of success? Um, Maybe that's for people who are like, you know, way ahead of me in business or something, but I don't think I've gotten there yet. Um, So Mm. for people who hear fear of success and kind of think those thoughts, would you like to shed some light on what what fear of success really is. 
Yes, yes. I think, um, obviously, you know, elephant in the room, fear of failure is like the opposite of mm -hmm. fear of success. And I think that fear of success, it really is more so about um, what will this success mean for me? What will happen after I reach this success? Because that's really an unknown because you've mm -hmm. never done it before. Whereas fear of failure is more so like, okay, if I mess this up, if I don't get this interview, if I don't reach this particular goal, I just go back to what I'm already used to, right? So that's more of a comfort level thing. So once we realize like, wait a second, maybe it's not that I'm afraid of failing. Once we get that practice muscle in and we yes. get, we're used to setting goals for ourselves and we build up the confidence, I do believe that we shift from that fear of failure to fear of success. Because it's now I'm doing the muscles, I'm doing the, ro the rote things, I'm, you know, doing what I need to do daily to get to this next level, but it challenges us in a sense where we may have to say yes to something that we've never said yes before. We may have to be visible on a level that we've never been before or we may open ourselves to unknown criticism or judgment that we've never experienced before and i think that's where the um fear of success comes in because consciously we all want to reach our goals that we set for ourselves but right. once i get there what is it going to be like what is, what are my parents going to think? <laughs> you know, what are my friends going to think about me? Am I going to change? You know, those type of things, I think, is really what's at the, 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 what's bubbling beneath this concept of fear of success. Right. And mm -hmm. I know, I know what you said in terms of like, like just the basic definition of like fear of success versus fear of failure. And the fact that, I mean, quote unquote, failure is just like going back to where you already are, right? Like you try something and it doesn't work and you're, you're just back at ground zero. You're back at exactly where you are. And when I, when that really clicked for me, I was like, oh yeah, no, what's scary is being in it. Like, like I just, I can't imagine myself in another place. Um, but I think it's hard, at least from speaking from personal experience, I know I had a hard time really like becoming aware of like, well, what is so scary to me about success? You know what I mean? Like I had kind of like, I'd grasped that basic um, definition or difference, right? Like it clicked for me of like, okay, I'm already where I'm at. I'm already at quote unquote failure, right? In terms of like, if I'm thinking, not, not saying I'm a failure, but thinking about like, you know, if I try something, I'm just going to be back where I'm at right now. Like that, that's where I already am. So um, then it was a matter of really digging in and becoming aware of what was so scary to me about about that, like specifically for me. Right. Um, and mm. I think I know part of that is just my personality too. Um, but I would love to hear what you have to say on that, like mm. any insight or advice for people, um, who are having a hard time, like, like, you know what I mean? Like they grasp the basic concept, but they're like, okay, but I just, I can't figure out and get to the root of like, well, why am I scared of success for me personally? Um, and I'm sure you had your own like journey with figuring that out too. Exactly. I actually think it's just a layered process. Like we go through levels of this fear of success and sometimes mm -hmm. we're not even aware that 
it is the fear of success. So I think that's really like the first step is even coming to the awareness where it's like front and center, where you can say, you can admit to yourself, wait a second, I am afraid of success, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing is like really being able to see that at the forefront and then maybe even asking yourself key questions like what's going to happen? What do I believe will happen when I reach this level of success or when I hit this number or when I reach this goal? What are the possible things that can happen? What am I afraid of that can happen? I think really looking at it from a conscious level, I've had these, um, conversations just like with my clients and some of the things that pop up are um you know my parents will feel bad you know that I'm at this level and I've gone beyond them because I am the child my parents are always supposed to be you know ahead of me or all these type of things right so there are some things if we can do the pros and cons sometimes of like reading, reaching this goal, what is, there's a pro for, there's a pro for reaching the goal. And then there's also a con if you reach that goal or a perceived con if you reach that goal. Sometimes it's more that those cons stem from our childhood, our past experiences with success. I had another client um, that I, we were talking, I mean, really simple. Like when she was younger, she was really, really good at jump rope. (laughs) And the other little girls, whenever she would come, they didn't want to play with her. Mm. So that's a consequence. If I'm good at this, if I'm successful at this, people will not like me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she minimized. So really paying attention to those, um, the coping that we do so that we don't have to be successful. What do we do? We play small. We yeah. minimize. We're afraid to speak up. We don't want to be seen. Those can all be symptoms of fear of success. Somehow. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that you said the like the past experiences of success, because that's immediately like what my mind went to of like um so like something that I'm, you know, excited to dig deeper into, but just like with this conversation thinking about, yeah, like the, the past experiences that we've had, even if it's something, you know, I don't want to say silly, but something like when, when we become aware of it and it's like, oh, that's what's <laughs> like, yeah. that's what's lingering in my mind is, um, you know, this, this thing that happened in grade school. And, you know, I'm afraid that like, you know, it's just, it, it yeah. when it goes, um, I guess like unnamed or it's just kind of like bouncing around in our head and we're not really like aware of it. I think it holds so much more power than when we like, you know what I mean? Like when we actually, um, call something out and, and I've talked about this in other episodes too. Um, I know in, I had an interview with Merit Ansa and we were just talking about like, the power of um, the power of speaking up and using your voice, and we were talking about how there's so much power in this idea of like when we call ourselves awkward and stuff. Like if you just say out loud, like I'm feeling a little nervous, I'm feeling a little bit awkward. Like it just takes that power away versus like bottling up this like I'm feeling awkward, I'm feeling nervous, and you can just like lighten the mood and call it out. But like that act of calling it out is just um, so powerful. So you know, bringing it back to fear of success, um, yes. calling it out and being like, 
um, like you said, that jump roping example with one of your clients, like once you become aware of it and you're like, oh, you know, I don't, I, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And it just like takes the um, magnitude away, away from it or, you know, however you want to say that. Yes, I think um, I love what you said about the situation being kind of like silly or minute, right? Yeah. You can look back and you're like, really? It was that? Right. And it's and I think that's so important because oftentimes it's not even about the scenario itself because the yeah. scenario could have been neutral. Um, it could have been something you misinterpreted. It could be, you know, so many things. Someone inflicting the pain, obviously, with that one, right. the little girls, you know, being me, they're inflicting right. the claim. But the situations can literally be something neutral mm-hmm. that we, what happens is it's our meaning that we attach to yeah. the actual situation, scenario, event, or trauma. So mm-hmm. it's really what processed in our mind, what um, lie we came up with that said, uh-oh, I can't be seen. That was the lie we came up with, right? Or the vow that we made. I will never be good at that again yeah. because I don't like the feeling, the negativity that came from being successful, um, being good at something, being seen. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I've definitely had those experiences in my life where, like, you know, I was, I'm like a huge reader, academic, like, I love learning. That's my thing. I was always like the nerd in school (laughs) so I sit at the front of the classroom the teacher's asking the questions I'm answering my hand I was raising my hands and I got a lot of negative feedback from like other students and other people from doing that so eventually I ended up like just pretending like I don't even know the answer to things so Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have this spotlight on me I always felt like there that that spotlight brings something else that you were talking about as well which is the vulnerability Mm-hmm. right? That vulnerability comes with success because you're going into uncharted territories. You don't know what it's going to look like and it makes you feel vulnerable. That's yeah. what it is. Cause fear of success, like, obviously it's like, that doesn't make any sense. I want to be a six figure earner, you know, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. I want to fill this program or I want to be a best-selling author but really it's the vulnerability that comes with that. I procrastinated on my book big time because once I write it, people are going to read it. (laughs) (laughs) This is the problem, (laughs) right? People are going to read it. They're going to have an opinion and then I might get my feelings hurt. You see how all this connects. So yeah, I definitely have moments in my life where that fear of success, I can see the um, symptoms or my self-sabotage that goes into stopping me from reaching the thing that I say I want because of that fear of the meaning and different things I've attached to what's going to happen. It's so funny. We're obviously like on the same wavelength here because I was thinking about like in school, how there's like this weird switch between like, you know, elementary up to high school where it's uncool to be smart and then all of a sudden in college like it's cool again I'm like wait a minute what why is, is that? that what what is that seriously because that was that was me and I think specifically of um middle school is when when I remember like the first like poking fun at me for getting A's and I'm like 
what what's funny about that? Like, <laughs> is that what we're supposed to do? Um, and then and then high school though was when I would do that, and I would I would um, you know put in minimal effort so that I could just kind of slide through with like B's because I was like, well, I don't want to put in too much effort and be a nerd because I'm in the cool party crowd because that's where I was at <laughs> in that point in my life. Um, and that was important to me. And I remember getting a comment from someone. Um, I was in like IB, I feel like we've talked about this before, um, but like IB level, similar to IAP classes. So mm. it's like in high school, like the college level, but it's just the international version of that because I was overseas. Um, and I remember getting a comment because I was in some of these like IB art, IB um, biology, and I was, I was good at school. I was smart. Um, but I tried to like, yeah, I would try to dumb it down because I, you know, hang out with my party friends. That was it. (laughs) Those those things weren't cohesive. And I remember getting a comment from someone and they were like, because they obviously like lumped me in with that party crowd. And they were like, Oh, like they made some comment about like, I didn't know people like you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, okay. I don't know how that, that doesn't sit really well with me. Like it was just this like bringing awareness of this clash of like, but party people like you aren't supposed to be smart. And I was like, oh, okay. I see here. (laughs) Yes. Then we go about trying to live out other people's expectations. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But yes, we're, we're twins. I think I got my first um, D my freshman year of high school. (laughs) It's like I want to pretend like I don't care because I want to fit in with everyone else. Really, you know? I'm gutted, but it's fine. It's cool. I don't care. It's fine. Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh so yeah. And you know, the only C I got was in gym. Mm. I just really could not gym. Like it just, it just. <laughs> <laughs> I could dance. I was athletic, but that was that was my um, C plus. I think, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I earned that one. <laughs> Oh, it was so funny. Yeah. Um, well, going back to what you were saying about the vulnerability too, um, I know one thing that even as you're saying that, that just comes up, like, you know, we think about like having that spotlight on us. Right. And like, I don't know, I, I hear, I've, I've thought this too. And I hear from people a lot that like, well, I'm a private person. Right. And so like, you feel like maybe like if the spotlight's on you, like you're just, people are paying attention more. They're studying your every move you have. You feel like there's more pressure because you have more influence. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, um, just because we are like incorporating faith in such a like faith forward way in our business. I think there's that aspect too of like, you know, you hear people talk about like being a stumbling block. It's like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lead people astray. I don't want to like, it's just, I think we, um, when we think about that vulnerability piece, like it just like unearths so many, like, what if, um, and I have to share this funny dream. I, I rarely have dreams where I remember, um, they're usually weird or like extremely bizarre. And I had a dream where I got a negative review on my podcast because someone was saying something about my faith was like a thin veil of something. And I remember waking up and being like, no, no. And I'm like, okay, that was not real. I feel you. Yeah. So yeah, that, wow, that is so, basically those fears, right? They 
they showed up, they kind of showed up subconsciously, mm-hmm. which is something I don't think we touched on yet. Like the right. subconscious things, the subconscious layers to our fear, yeah. which is so, so deep. Um, I think that's why it's been important to me personally to fuse that energy psychology piece in there because mm-hmm. there are, there are subconscious roots. I mean, th- that sometimes we can't get to, right? Praise God for your dreams because that's an avenue of being able to get to that because you knew that, okay, I'm doing something new. You want success with this podcast, but you have that vulnerability piece that you have to deal with. The people may not like it, but the beautiful thing is when we continue to take action despite Mm -hmm. that, right? Um, I think that understanding that, okay, this fear of success is here, but how, what can I do to be my authentic self and to continue to show up despite the fear? And I know for me, there was a, a block, a huge block around really owning this idea of energy psychology and um the christian faith you know those two things coming together for the Mm -hmm. things you said earlier which was about being a stumbling block to other people or i'm feeling that pressure because how can i show up and lead people in this particular area but i don't have the i don't know if my confidence level was there yet Mm -hmm. so i feel like that confidence if our confidence isn't rooted in Christ first, you know, that fear of success will definitely knock us off our feet. I've experienced it where I was silent. I was quiet. I wasn't really speaking to the, like the level and quality of like how God shows up in session, right? Because someone's going to say, who does she think she is? She thinks she just facilitates God and tells God what to do and when to show up. Like, no, he's just showing up and it's beautiful, you know? So I would be really quiet about that. My clients would get good results, amazing results. They would be screaming to the, from the rooftops about stuff, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. And it's my business. I have, I have to be the one to market it. Right. So that fear of success piece can hold us back from even the marketing aspects of our business, how we're Mm -hmm. speaking about the results that we create because we don't want, we don't want to toot our own horns or we don't want to feel like we're being bigger than our britches or whatever words, you know, that people use. We all have our own phrases. So I do feel like, oh, that has been something that has been a, um, if I'm honest, still that I deal with um, just speaking about, the successes in my own business, right? Mm-hmm. We, I think sometimes we shy away from that because we don't want people to think we're bragging. Like all these other pieces start right. popping up, you know? Right. So yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what, even like in that same breath talking about um, not wanting to share successes because you know, fill in the blank. I think um, something that I have definitely felt as, as like really in this year, since my podcast and my business has gained momentum, um, I know a big thing that I've been like coming up against is like, um, and it's totally like, uh, what will people think of me, but feeling like there's more pressure on me to keep up a certain image of being at a certain level where I'm like, I still have ups and downs, right? Like, like we all do. Um, and, and 
I'm sure it's because of, you know, how we can put people up on pedestals, right? And so I think like, oh, well, they look like they just have it all together, right? And I'm thinking of specific people in my head where I just like admire them so much. Um, and I think it's just like human of us to like somehow think that they um, don't have these struggles with, you know, internal battles or, you know, doing something and it's not as successful as they thought. It were. Like we, we think that they just like everything they touch turns to gold. Um, and you know, we, anyways, I know that's something that I, um, I definitely have become aware of and I'm like, Oh, this is interesting (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, you know, authenticity is such a, such an important thing to me, right. To like be in integrity and not like, um, not casting a certain image of myself. And I know that's a lot, like, I don't know if you've, you've, um, like jumped into brand archetypes at all. Um, but that's where like my brand archetype is girl next door, which is very much like, I'm a regular person just like you. And so it's totally like how girl next door meets success. (laughs) And I'm like, but I'm just like you. (laughs) Yes. And so like going back and forth, like, how do I embrace my successes and, celebrate those things and still remain the girl next door right yeah yeah. um is it possible to to do both I think sometimes the world tells us it's not because once you hit this level of success you have to have this facade or you have to look perfect or you have to have this image and we see it's almost like we have to get really I think journaling and getting really really clear about what our idea of success is Mm-hmm. And then knocking the, those those myths down. Yeah. I think sometimes they're there. We have the myths, we have the thoughts, but we haven't actually looked at it or wrote it down or got to see. You know, like for me, it was the you know the powerhouse woman that is just attacking everything, and she has no time for family, and she has no time for this, and she's mm-hmm. just hustling. She's working hard. She's about her stuff, and you know that masculine energy was not. Like I, if somewhere along the line, I thought that was success, mm-hmm. I would see that and think that person's successful, but my insides did not align with that. So it was like, I would never really see myself as successful because I'm a homeschool mom. I'm a stay right. at home mom. I'm working from home. Maybe my work isn't as valuable. I would begin to play that, that, that spiel, you know? Right. But then I had to redefine my definition of success and really look at, you know, God's definition of success. Oh, it's so different than the world's definition of success, you know? So, oh, such, such huge things. There was something else um, when you talked about the pedestal as well. Yeah. Yes. I put those women on the pedestal. They were up there. This is the epitome of success. Power suit, hair back, pulled back, slick back, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that is not me. So how can I ever be successful? I think we're in one of the same Facebook groups together, right? And I I don't know if you remember a post where I posted a picture of myself and I was like, this is the face of a successful woman. I was going through that process. Like I get to be the face of a successful woman and still do things the way God has called me to do it. What? I get to do that? (laughs) Yeah, I remember that post. Yes. (laughs) 
I love that. That was me dealing with my internal stuff. Like yeah. this is something I'm, I think it's a constant journey for all of us. Like even when you invite me to talk about, you know, this topic, I don't come from the authority on this topic. I come from having it, the experience with dealing with my own fears and being very aware of like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm still struggling with this piece here. Mm -hmm. And that's something I share with my clients all the time. That idea of, I am here to facilitate space. I'm grateful, I'm honored to be able to facilitate this space for you because I'm not perfect. I don't have Mm -hmm. it all together and you're trusting me and I'm grateful for that, but I'm also, my confidence is in the fact that I'm co-partnered with Christ. So the pressure gets to go on him. <laughs> like, yeah. Lord, you know what you want to do in this situation, how you want to work through this, this woman's life. Um, even this idea of having clients that come in and they make more money than I do. I had to struggle with that. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm a failure. How, why are they coming to work with me when they make more money than me? Like this, some, my brain can't like, you know, connect with that one. But that's because of our faulty notions of what success really is. Cause it's not about the money, you know? Right. Right. I love that question. Like, what does success mean to you? And looking at like, what does it look like for you? What does it feel like? Like, because yeah, like my idea of success has never been, first of all, I'm really tall. I hate wearing high heels because I'm like ahead above everyone. So like my idea and image of success has never been the heels and the power suit and like, but, but that's what like in movies and like in media, like when, when they show successful women, it's a very masculine, you know, energy of, you know, successful women. And it's just so interesting. Um, I'll just call it interesting. (laughs) But yeah, like looking at like, really, like, what does success mean to you? And like, success for me is like, you know, having the business, having the time, um, the space, the financial freedom to homeschool my daughter, and to work 10, 15 hours a week. And to, you know, like, that is what, like, I want a slow life. I love, um, I love, like, you know, flea market finds and going to thrift stores and finding stuff that I can, like, upcycle. And, like, you know, for me, um, I know one of the things that I had to, I I guess, just one of the things when I was, like, um, bringing that to my level of awareness of, like, you know, this is my idea of success. Success does not mean I can't do this stuff or can't like this stuff. Um, those were things for me where I was like, I can still enjoy this stuff, right? Like it doesn't mean that I can't. And those things are not, um, incompatible, right? Like, Mm. you know, you know, freedom for me, or how do I say this? Um, the idea of like having, just, you know, more financial means thinking about like, you know, years to come. Um, I love tiny houses, right? Like I will go all out with buying all organic everything. Like that is the dream for me, right? Like, um, and that's totally not, you know, what everyone thinks of success, but it's just, I think it's so helpful to really dig Mm -hmm. deep into like, but what does success mean for you? Because it, it removes that, um, 
it's like you said, it's like the layering and just kind of chipping away at the different levels of levels and reasons why we resist success because we think that somehow we're going to have to live counter to our values, right? The more that we can like chip away at those layers, it just, it, it gives you so much freedom, right? Because then you realize like, oh, you know, getting success in my business, getting more money does not mean I can't um, live aligned with my values, right? Because that's that's important to every single one of us. And I think that's mm-hmm. like, it's a very valid concern, right? Like we don't want to have to be put in that situation where, you know, we have success and now I have to buy expensive things and I have to wear power suits and I hate heels. <laughs> like, yes, I don't absolutely have to hate do heels. <laughs> <laughs> like I hate heels. I wore those decades ago. <laughs> those heels. But um, I think there's this thing of where we can be once I think that's one of the first steps, like we get consciously aware of like, okay, I have to redefine what success means for me. And then I have to have that um, head and heart connection between it. Because we can consciously know like, no, that's not what I want. But subconsciously, we keep trying to strive for something that we don't want. Also, that's where we get the overachievers and the overcompensating. And we're not even, sometimes we won't even acknowledge our successes. That's another thing too. I know we're talking about fear of success, but sometimes you actually have a level of success that you're not even coming to terms with or like embracing because you're constantly striving and overcompensating and trying to be an overachiever to get this other level of success that you really don't even want. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. (laughs) (laughs) So we're pushing, pushing, pushing because we're, we're fearful that we're not meeting that definition of success that's been ingrained in us. And it looks different for each of us because we all have a different worldview and we all have a different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but same for me, my definition of success is number one, being pleasing to God first. Like mm-hmm. I have to, like, I always have to bring myself and center myself back to that. So it doesn't matter if I make $20,000 a year in my business from here to the day I die, if that's what it is, it's okay. I'm pleasing unto God and he's doing the work. I think we have to get to those places where we put a stake in the ground and we say, no, this is the thing that's important to me. And I I don't know, I'm just very, this idea of knowing that God is CEO over my business, the message that I bring forth, it comes from him. I feel like a lot of that when we co-partner with Christ and co-partner with God on the mission and we get in tune and get aware of his character and we seek him, it minimizes a lot of that fear. We'll, we may still experience it, right? But we're still able to take action. And then the next step is to where when I take action, I don't have to feel that anxiety and I don't have to feel all those other emotions with it. And that's where what I like about the energy psychology work is that we can actually get to those subconscious roots because sometimes you have people, they're taking the action. They're looking successful, but they're still dealing with the fear and the anxiety and the I have to maintain this or I might lose this and all of that. So I do think there's this the sweet balance between um, the energy psychology and biblical principles, which we would call that inner healing work, where we come together and really um, allow God to heal that fear of success. 
So, yeah. What you were saying, like, it just, you know, it reminds me of the verse of like, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given unto you. Um, but, and then I also, you know, I love what you said in terms of like energy psychology and biblical principles. And you've, you've obviously mentioned energy psychology a few times in here. And I would love, like, if you could just like clarify, because I'm sure there's some people who don't understand, like get what that is exactly or how it can go Mm -hmm. hand in hand with biblical principles. Um, and so I'm glad you said that. And I would love if you could just kind of clarify that exactly. Um, cause I know I had this conversation with you the first time we talked and I was asking and I was like, I thought, I thought this stuff was like new age stuff. So mm-hmm. I know this can be, uh, this could be a whole other conversation, but I love if you could just, um, touch on it real quick. Yeah, I can touch on it. Totally. Um, when I say energy psychology, cause I do have a, have a, bachelor's in psychology, a master's in human service counseling. So I've always been on this journey to like navigate that path of like even therapy in its, you know, worldly sense. Is it bringing us closer to Christ? Because therapy can be very self-centered, right? So this energy psychology is really about circuitry and intention. It's about the physiology of how emotions works in our body. There, our emotions are really like they live on our molecules, right? So those emotions, the physical side of the emotions, and then our intentions are really our thoughts, the words that we speak. And the Bible talks about that with the power of life and death in our tongue. Sometimes we are cursing ourselves with our mouths. Like when we say, I'm not good enough, I'll never be able to do that. All those things we were talking about earlier, we're saying that with our mouth. And then a lot of the past, we talked about scenarios and traumas and Um, instances where we made them, we attached our meaning to it, those emotions still are stored in our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. So um, something I want to kind of shift to maybe something practical that people can do in relation to this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this idea we were talking about redefining success, oftentimes people will want to jump right in and start right now, okay, what does success mean for me? And they're kind of coming from that rebel standpoint, right? And they're writing it down. And that's awesome. You're getting clarity. But I say, don't start there. Start with how success has been displayed to you Mm -hmm. from a young age. What did your parents tell you success was? What did your father tell you success was? What did your friend circle tell you success was? Your college professors and all that kind of stuff. Write those things down first. Then what you can do is um, look at those that don't resonate with you. Look at those that are not in alignment with where God is taking you and pray over those things. So I do feel like there is this balance for me personally, when I go into the energy psychology and coupled with the biblical principles, we're going into spiritual warfare. (laughs) You know, there is a spiritual battle that we're in where the enemy would love to keep us captive, you know, in this fear. So how do we break free from that? I do believe that um, professional services like energy psychology, those are one way. I always tell my, and there are so many different forms of energy psychology. 
some that can fall in the biblical camp and some that fall in the new age camp. So we have right. to be very mindful and discerning of which way we, we move and be and all that kind of stuff. And if anybody wants support or help with that, I'm, I would love to help you on those type of things to determine, okay, which one is, is pleasing in God's sight, you know, because some are not because they're laced in that new age belief. Mm-hmm. But I think there's this beautiful um, marriage, so to speak, where, you know, God can work through Christian EFT tapping. God can work through um, EMDR. God can work through these tools. Does he need those tools? No, he does not need them, but they're afforded to us for us to use them, right? And go into prayer, pray and ask God if he wants you to even utilize that. There's some clients that I work with and they have amazing breakthroughs and we never tap. It's always at the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I think that that has to be the heart posture when we jump into this energy psychology, when we jump into therapy, when we jump into medicine, right? Um, Not all anxiety needs a pill, right? Not all depression needs a pill. Some of those things need inner healing and some of those things need prayer and spiritual warfare, all that. So I do see this beautiful like combination but again, we have to have our ears open and our hearts um, submit in submission to God and the Holy Spirit and the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, you know, that type of stuff, not this universe stuff. So there is right. a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I just totally appreciate your um you're, you're just such like an open, approachable person to ask about this too. And so I just totally encourage anyone too, that if, if you're listening and have more questions, like, cause like I said, the first, the first conversation I had with you, I remember asking you and being like, so what is EFT? Like, how is this? Like, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Like, I'm just going to like, you know, bring it out in the open and ask you, um, and so I, I encourage, you know, anyone listening, if you have more questions, like Justina is such a great person to ask because she's not going to like, <laughs> she's not going to um, shy away from your questions. And it's definitely, um, yeah, I just, just love your openness with that. So I do feel like um, when it comes to, you know, expanding our capacity to be more vulnerable invisible. I think that was a really important piece that we talked about earlier. Um, that visibility and that vulnerability is really um, taking risk. I think that's important. Like even when it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily feel good to still take the risk and then allow yourself to see the benefits of it. I think that has been a journey for me where it's like sometimes I didn't feel comfortable speaking out or sharing the message, um, being on an open platform, doing a live stream, you know, those type of things. And I had to kind of push myself beyond that fear so that I could actually experience the positive of showing up so I can experience the successes of showing up. So Mm -hmm. if you have a, you know, a, a pass of like, okay, I go after these things and there's the negative things that are associated with success. It's time to start building a new muscle and still going for it so that you can experience the positive side of success. I think, and surrounding yourself with other women that love God, that are there to lift you up, that are not going to tear you down, 
so, so important to have other people that can reflect your talents, your skills, your greatness. And they can say, oh my gosh, that was so good. And then you're like, what? What do you mean that was good? Like, girl, you showed up, you kicked, you know, you kicked butt or whatever. I've had those people in my life that when I do a talk, they're in the audience to give me feedback. And it's invaluable because if we're only relying on our own assessment of ourselves, we'll be saying, that wasn't good. I didn't do so great. I could have done better. That's fine. We can always do better, but it was amazing, right? So I have those people in my life that can reflect back to me and remind me and give me a good kick in the pants and say, girl, God is good. He's blessing you. Look, you're living the thing that you said that you wanted. Sometimes we, we miss that sometimes because right. we think it's so much bigger than us or outside of us when the success is like inside, it's already happening for all of the listeners. I'm sure there's already things that are so successful in your life and that's that gratitude piece of like journaling and writing it down and reminding. Um, that's, a, that's an actual skill, by the way, remembering. The Bible talks about it. Remember what I have done for you. So we don't always remember the good, but we will remember when we fell in, you know, we tripped and fell, but we won't remember when we actually had a win. So right. that's something that we have to practice, I believe, on a daily, weekly, monthly, however, however it is. Have a sit down with yourself and remember the good, the successes, all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, and that's a huge reason why um, I often, when I'm journaling, I'll think of things and be like, Ooh, I need to write this down because so I can go back and look at it because otherwise I'm going to forget because like you said, we remember when we trip and fall, we don't remember the wins and the successes or the comment that someone makes to us. That's totally affirming. Like, I just appreciate the work that you're doing or whatever it is. Like we forget those things Um, and to have it written down so that we can actually see it. And like you said, work on that skill of remembering um, Mm -hmm. is just so important. And I love that. And I know something that's really important to you is just like honoring the journey. And, and like you said, like being grateful and practicing gratitude for where we're at right now. Um, cause I mean, every single one of us is guilty of, of, um, and I think it's a personal thing too. Like we all have a tendency to either look back more or look forwards more, but no, no one has mastered just being present. right. Like that's what we're all trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And I think it's really interesting. I, I often will ask people that, like, what is it for you? Like, you know, where some people are just, you know what I mean? Like you, you can probably think of people, you know, who are always just dreaming about the future, but they're not talking about the things that happened in the past and they don't want to discuss that or they don't want to, they're not in the moment. They're just yes. always in the future, in the future. Um, I have the tendency to look back. So I think that you gave me goosebumps with that because <laughs> I'm the person always looking forward. How can things yeah. be better? Yeah. How can we get to that goal over there? Like I'll set a goal for myself. And when I see I'm getting close to it, I will switch the goal and make it bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what kind of self-sabotage is that? You know, like I'm you never all, reach I, it because you're like, <laughs> then I can't be successful. Right. So that fear of success, that's what I do to myself so that I can never say I I reached or reached the goal. So Mm -hmm. that is something I do to myself. I literally just became aware of that. Like this year, that was something where I was like, I'm getting too close to that goal. I've got to change it. (laughs) So little things like that, being aware of what we do. So, you know, in the future, 
I can experience that success and feel good about myself and not (laughs) self-sabotage. Right. Right. Well, and I just want to say too, that like, um, like I totally appreciate your vulnerability, like in sharing this. And it's funny because when I think about the podcast, like that's such a big value of mine, right? Like that's, that's how I like to show up. And I know when I created this podcast, I was like, I want it to be, we're talking about the real stuff, right? Like this is not just like tips and tricks for this and, you know, another business podcast. I'm like, no, I want to have like real vulnerable conversations. Vulnerable is really the word that, that captures it well. And I kind of laugh because I'm like, I should have called this like the vulnerability podcast, but then no one would want to listen. <laughs> but, um, but I just think too, that like, this is something that, um, something you said earlier in our conversation kind of reminded me of this point, but I think it's so powerful to like, hear these conversations and hear these vulnerable things of like you sharing like and this is something that I just like just became aware of or I'm still you know still facing this um this fear of success in this way because kind of going back to what we said about like putting people on a pedestal um like that is one of the big reasons why I feel like it really is a disservice when Um, when there is like, just like a a lack of transparency specifically like in the coaching industry. Right. And like looking up to people and, you know, seeing all the successes that they're sharing, but you're not seeing the, the massive failed launches or the, you know, like the behind the scenes, um, failures to not that people have to like air, um, you know, their dirty laundry or anything. Right. But there's, there's a certain, um, level of transparency I just believe that is really lacking and so I think that's that's another thing too is that it's just really refreshing to me and that is um you know definitely a core value of mine that's something that you know is a huge part of this podcast so I totally appreciate that (laughs) oh yes I think that we are in alignment for sure agreement alignment when it comes to the um transparency and the vulnerability pieces Um, I believe that the coaching industry is notorious for, it's almost like there's a gatekeeper, right? Someone that says, you're not doing a great job. You're not successful unless you've done this. Ha, you didn't do this. So you're not there yet. (laughs) You know, it's almost like dangling that thing in front of your face. You didn't get 5k months. Whoops. You're not there yet. Keep striving when you can be doing some amazing, beautiful work. And God is getting the glory every day, but yet you're not meeting someone's standards, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody else industry standards of what it's supposed to be like. So it is that fine line of us being able to separate ourselves from industry standards and God's standards. (laughs) It's huge. And that's going to make a big difference in our um, definition of success. And also this idea of um, metrics and measurements and all that kind of stuff as well. You know, (laughs) I remember, I I know there there are people that are, you know, doing their 50K launches and 100K launch, 200 and something K launches. Like I'm reading about these people and I'm not one of them. So um, (laughs) I but when I look at my numbers and I look at my conversions and I get to see the percentages, I'm like, wait a second. I didn't do as bad as I thought I did. So sometimes being able to go in, that's my analytical brain. I am part analytical, part intuitive, 
pretty even on both sides. So yeah. I love, I love numbers, numbers that give you the facts and the truth, not numbers that are just vanity, right? Yes. So there are those numbers that are like, oh, I have 5,000 likes on my Facebook. Now I'm successful because I have, I hit the coveted 10K on Instagram, you know, those type of things. But those vanity metrics don't, um, determine our success. They just don't. It really is about the level of impact that we're creating for each and every single client that comes through our door, every customer that comes through your door, knowing that you're serving. I think that's the biggest piece. If we can shift our mind to a place of servanthood, Mm -hmm. then that fear of being successful is not about me right? It's not about my level of success. It's about my level of impact and my level of serving that matters the most. And I was just talking to myself when I said that. Thank you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so true. And I've, I know I've said that before too. And I often say that reminding myself also of like, (laughs) when we get stuck like we just need to like turn our focus from us to the people that we're serving because that's what helps us, um, you know, move forward. And like, especially like going back to Natalie and her first year of business, like I was so just like, you know, my focus was just turned inwards and just focusing on me versus, you know, my insecurities, my inqualifications, my this, my this, like, And I was not focused on serving people like, and I, I wanted to think that I was, but I, I really needed to flip that focus. And so, um, yeah, I still often remind myself of that because when you, when you get those moments where you're just right, like there's a, there's a healthy, of course, there's a healthy, um, way to like turn inwards, right? Like, like what we've been talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. but when we like see ourselves getting so stuck, it's because like, we're not, we're not focused on like, who is this really about? It's not really about us. It's about, Mm -hmm. it's about the people. It's about, you know, being obedient to God and, and getting to partner with him. Like he doesn't need us, but we get to partner with him. And then also like about the people that we're impacting. And, and um, I mean, I could go on and on about this, but yes. right. Like having, um, we're so quick to latch on to like, this is what God's calling me to do. But then like, who are the people that God is calling you to serve? It's like that, that's like the other half. And that's, that's exactly. such an important piece. Um so yeah, I I won't go down that rabbit hole because that's a whole other a whole other episode. But yes, yes, yes. Um, well, oh my goodness, thank you so much for this conversation. This was so good. Um, mm. I would love if you could share um, where people can find you online if they want to connect with you. Yes, if you want to connect with me, I do have a Facebook group. It's called Multi Passionate Women of Faith Branded for His Glory. So that is my Facebook group. And then I'm on Instagram at um, Soulfully Aligned You. I just changed it. <laughs> so Soulfully Aligned You. I believe that we, um, we definitely have to bring our soul, our desires, our passions, all that stuff in alignment with God. And then we will have that success, right? Whatever that definition is that God has given you, which is going to be different for all of us. So yeah, those are two places. And then I have my website, which is my name, justinafor.com, Justin with the A, 
FordLikeTheMotorCompany.com. <laughs> yes. Well, and I will put all those links in the, um, the description and the show notes for anyone listening to. So yes. Sounds all good. right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time, 